ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. So I had come across this life coach on Instagram and I was kind of attracted to them mostly for their content around astrology. Coaching would be guided by your like birth chart and star signs. This is Catherine. She's a 28-year-old lawyer, and back in 2021, when she first started getting interested in astrology and life coaching, she was struggling to cope during Sydney's second COVID lockdown. Tonight, the Defence Force called in to help in New South Wales as the state records its worst day of the pandemic so far. Being away from family, um, just moved in with my partner for the first time, um, so started a new job, so there was a lot of changes, and then being thrown into lockdown uh, was very stressful, and I was feeling very overwhelmed. Catherine had previously been diagnosed with depression, and she often saw a psychologist, but that became harder to do as wait times blew out during the pandemic. So she thought maybe a life coach could help? Yeah, I thought it would just be a bit a bit of a different experience. And that astrology-influenced life coach felt like a good fit. So Catherine handed over $2,500 for a three-month online self-discovery coaching program. After the first maybe two sessions, I thought she didn't really prepare for the sessions or kind of understand, like, remember what I said last time or there was no kind of structure to the the sessions and I thought I don't know if she's actually offering me anything other than just someone to talk to and for quite an exorbitant price so I think that's when I was like oh I, I don't think there's actually any offering here. This is All in the Mind, I'm Sana Kadar. Catherine wasn't the only one feeling overwhelmed during the pandemic. Like so many of us trying to make sense of that time, we turned to social media. And with the growth of the wellness industry and greater awareness around mental health, life coaching was booming. So the pandemic has caused a lot of stress and a lot of trauma for people. And I think that unfortunately, because there's not enough psychologists available, people have been reaching out for support in different areas. And that includes life coaching. But life coaching is an unregulated industry, and that means anyone from a legitimate coach to a so-called mindset mentor or spiritual healer or influencer can call themselves a life coach. And as ABC Everyday reporter Kelly Scott found, it's not just customers that are now speaking up. Former coaches are calling out the industry too. I think I felt silly that I'd spent so much money on something that I thought that I was going to get something valuable out of it. I've seen so many people walk away from all of it, quit their coaching business and openly talk about it. I honestly think the bubble has burst in a lot of ways. Today, Kelly Scott investigates the rise and possible fall of dubious life coaching services. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Well, from the top, can I just get you to please introduce yourself, give me your name, what you do and where? Yeah. So I'm Dr. Katrina Davis-McCabe and I'm the president of the Australian Psychological Society, but I'm also a counselling psychologist and I work in clinical practice and I'm based in Western Australia in Perth. 
So how would you define life coaching and how does it differ to therapy? So life coaching and psychology or psychological therapy really are quite different. And I think that life coaching is about achieving goals. It's about um, future focus. What do I want to to achieve and how can I get there? But therapy and psychological therapy is quite different because psychological therapy might focus on the future. It often does, but it also focuses on the past and it focuses on dealing with mental health issues or problems that we might have and that they perhaps originate in the past, but we need to resolve so we can move on for a better future. So life coaching isn't an alternative to therapy, despite how it's often advertised, because it's more about supporting someone to achieve their goals. And that can come in many different forms. There are health coaches, accountability coaches, relationship coaches, and like Catherine, you can even employ a self-discovery coach. But the level of training and experience they have can vary dramatically. The coaching profession is largely unregulated, And so um, there is a danger that if a person seeks a life coach, they might not be trained appropriately or they might misdiagnose or offer sort of less effective treatment, not evidence-based treatment. Dr. Sean O'Connor, lecturer and director of the Coaching Psychology Unit at the University of Sydney, says because it's an entirely unregulated industry, anyone can call themselves a life coach. It just means that people can easily get into the industry without any support, training or mechanisms that are a safety net both for them and for their clients. So pretty much it means it's a free for all. So it means that one life coach can vary greatly from another life coach and the experience that you have with both of them could be wildly different. He says when done right, life coaching is valuable. Coaches can help clients with things like changing habits and finding balance. More generally, they're supporting people to have improved well-being. But that requires expertise and time. I think one of the things that's happened is coaching and life coaching more broadly is subject to the same sort of what I call tick-toxicity, <laughs> that much of knowledge is being subjected to the mo- at the moment or the Instagramification of knowledge in which we're sort of being... Things are being oversimplified in ways to make a quick buck. So people want quick solutions, easy solutions, and sort of the emergence of influences on these sort of social platforms often are trying to offer um, immediate solutions for people that might need a, a more um, considered approach. So we want help quick. We dive into these sort of approaches and they're coming at it from a very sort of personalised perspective and maybe a lot of them might not have the training required to deal with some of the complex issues that can emerge when working with someone in the coaching space. Just as Catherine, our Sydney-based lawyer, explained, the three-month online program that she signed up for didn't have any substance to it. Basically, we just talked. Yeah, it was really guided by me. I didn't feel like she guided me in any way around what she was offering. Um, And there was a few other things. I think you could get access to um, her online courses, um, which I'm not sure any of them were particularly relevant to me. I'm getting the vibe that it was almost like she was a bit of hype girl for you rather than offering any 
expertise or something with substance. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I think that's definitely um, accurate. And I think what people may get out of it, um, someone like encouraging them. But yeah, I just didn't think that was worth much um, for someone who isn't really qualified to, you know, I guess, work with others. Despite her reservations, Catherine completed the sessions, but by the end, she felt like she'd been ripped off. I don't normally engage in sort of, I, I guess, outside the traditional Western medicine. Um, so it was definitely new to me to, to move outside of that traditional kind of therapeutic um, space into something that was like more wellness. So how did you feel after the experience? I felt a little bit silly. I kind of thought, well, it wasn't harmful to me, but I didn't get anything out of it. And I, yeah, I think I felt silly that I'd spent so much money on something that, and I knew all the kind of facts up front, like that she wasn't qualified as like a um, counselor or anything and her background, um, and, you know, didn't really relate to the products that she was offering. So I kind of felt silly that I thought that I was going to get something valuable um, out of it. Yeah, I felt a bit taken advantage of, I think. Dr. Davis McCabe says it can be dangerous for someone to seek out a life coach when they are actually in need of mental health support. So the fallout really could be very harmful to the person seeking therapy. And I think it's a, a risk to the mental health and the well-being of the individual. Um, but even, even more, it's, you know, it's vulnerable people who are seeking support and they deserve to have the best evidence-based support available. Dr O'Connor says even with the right intentions, coaches can still run the risk of causing more harm. So coaches who have the appropriate training and have gone through the process of learning about the underpinning psychology know how to identify and make appropriate referrals to clinicians and other support services that are beyond the scope of their capability and beyond the barriers of where they should be working. Whereas someone who's, um, I guess, sprouting their methodology as an approach to an alternative to clinical therapy really is underpinning the evidence base and science of many years, many, many decades even of considered practice and experimental approaches that says how and why and when and what for um, is clinical psychology useful. So we need to really be careful around how we're thinking about engaging in the process of change and where we're at personally and the type of support we need. Someone calling out the harms of the industry is former life coach Eva Collins. So it was a really big reckoning, a really big kind of wrecking ball in my life, a really big unraveling of my identity to feel like the coaching industry was off and be a part of it. While delving into the world of coaching, I came across Eva. She has this Instagram account called Why Don't You Say Something? Unlike most of the coaching pages I found, Eva was highlighting the BS in the spiritual coaching and business world. Her words, not mine. Here she is taking the piss out of Instagram experts. Hello, 
I am an Instagram expert. I'm here to tell you all the ways why you suck and you're wrong and you're miserable, but it's okay, I can help you. I don't have any professional experience, but I was miserable just yesterday and I read a book and part of a blog and I'm here to tell you how you can change everything too. About 10 years ago, Eva was living in New York and working as a yoga teacher when a friend recommended a coaching course. And she said, oh, I just did this health coach training program. It was amazing. It was mind-blowing. You've got to try it. Eva enrolled into the program and began working with clients. So I then started offering some coaching sessions here and there. They were very low cost. They were very simple. And I really enjoyed it. So did you begin to get deeper into the coaching industry over a period of time? Like how involved did you become? Yes, I would say I got very, very, very involved. I started learning everything that I could, not necessarily about the, the skill and the practice of coaching, but about how to get clients and how to grow your business. Because behind the scenes, that's what most coaches struggle with. So I took lots of different programs and courses. I trained paying like 6K with different coaching mentors to learn what I now know was a lot of online marketing, a lot of marketing, how to promote yourself and how to turn like prospects into high paying long-term clients. So I got very deep. But once the pandemic hit, Eva says the work just didn't feel right. Yes, there was one example for a very big coach that I worked for who's very well known. And there was someone who was experiencing a lot of trauma and at the time I was doing business coaching. So I was helping people around promoting their programs, promoting their courses. And that's not something where someone might necessarily be focusing on their trauma, but that's what was happening is this person kept coming back to um, the trauma that they had had growing up. And to me, it felt like, okay, from what I learned and what I felt as an ethical coach was to say, hey, let's pause here and maybe the best person to support you is a trauma therapist or someone else who can help speak about these um, things that have gone on in your life. And that huge coach was like, well, you know, they can do both. And well, you don't know that that's what's best for them. And it was completely and totally unethical to me and something that I was upset about and spoke up about. What was the reaction when you spoke up about that? That I had a mindset issue. <laughs> that I was acting like I knew what was best for this person, that I was seeing like lack and limitation in like what was available for them to like expand and that there was something wrong with me. And that was also a point that counseling psychologist Katrina Davis McCabe made. Yeah, I think boundaries are really important there and about the life coach, really being aware of where are my boundaries and, and what are my limits. And I think the danger is that once you start working with a person, you don't know perhaps straight away that your life coaching isn't going to be appropriate because you might set a goal that say, 
um, I don't know, finding employment or motivating to start running three times a week, whatever it is that the person reaches out for. But then you find that it might trigger trauma or it might trigger old ways of coping. And that's when you're stepping into mental health. So I think when you start out working with someone, you're, you're not always clear about the direction it's going to go. And when it goes into mental health or it goes into depression or anxiety, then that's the time, that's the point when the person needs to reach out to a psychologist. It was mid-pandemic when Eva had her reckoning and she quit. I walked away from everything. So in the middle of the pandemic, I was following all these girl bosses and investing all this money and being like, just this one last course or person is going to be the thing that gets me to my next level, that brings me clarity, that brings me feeling like totally good, that brings me this like huge influx of money that would have me be okay. And I just woke up one day feeling like this is total um, BS and this is not gonna happen and I'm sick of this. So I literally walked away from all of it and I went and got a job in uh, the medical field and really, really, really enjoyed it. So I worked a job whilst I unraveled and let go of a lot of the learnings and teachings that I had really known and loved from the coaching industry. As well as getting a new job, Eva started her Instagram account. And since sharing her own story, Eva receives up to 20 messages a day from people who've had similar experiences. And some have been particularly disturbing. Yes, I've seen a lot of outrageous things. I really have no words. When I first created the account, I thought it would be maybe 50 people following me and just look like a weirdo who was upset about something random. And I had no idea the account would kind of get so big. And it got so big because people were sharing their horror stories. So things like a legit email of someone saying, I am in the Ukraine. I my my home is war torn. I need to leave this coaching program that I'm a part of. They had signed up for a business coaching program and letting that person know, hey, I cannot continue. My whole life is in ruins. I'm in a war-torn situation. And that coach writing back and saying, <laughs> basically, is it a mindset issue? And who would you be if you committed to paying no matter what? And is it possible that during this time of your country being war-torn and you having nowhere to live, this could be the biggest support to you? <sighs> Like the most wild outlandish things, like just, I have nowhere to park that in my mind of how ridiculous and messed up that is. Especially because I think that they really believe it. So we've heard the full spectrum of life coaching experiences from both coaches and clients. And while the life coaching industry itself isn't a scam, some of the people operating within it clearly are. Firstly, they're very well qualified and very effective coaches and life coaches out there. So we can't sort of tar them all with one brush. But the issue is if they if they don't have the appropriate training and they don't sort of have a, a core understanding of the underlying principles of coaching approaches and coaching psychology, then it might work for some, but they're going to get into a lot of problems for those that it won't work with 
That's Sean O'Connor again, lecturer and director of the Coaching Psychology Unit at the University of Sydney. The unit is the first of its kind. Sydney University has been offering this coaching psychology course for the past 23 years. It's the very first and oldest coaching psychology unit in the world to provide evidence-based coaching psychology at an academic master's level. When we train coaches in the broad psychology of coaching, we like to focus more on a broad understanding of making a case conceptualization of the individual that you're working with so you can see all the different theories and evidence-based approaches that make sense of that person's context and what they're going through and what they're looking for, and then plug in interventions that are relevant for that whole gamut of information so it can be best placed to be adapted to support them in their individual approach and their individual needs. So I think that's what's missing from a lot of um, the training programs we see out there and this sort of, um, uh, I guess, overhyped approach to simple solutions for every everyone's individual problems that we see on Instagram and on uh, online. Sean believes the saturation of influencer-type coaches is giving legitimate life coaching a bad name. I think, yes, it is hurting the industry. It, it is an unregulated industry, so anyone can call themselves a coach or a life coach. Um, however, the Really, if a coach or life coach has a really good positive intention, what's usually underpinning that is the need or want to support someone's positive change and to help people. Now, that can be a little bit misguided in that they may not be aware of some of the risks that they're taking or some of the influence that they could be having in inadvertent ways that could lead to problems both for themselves and that individual for the longer term. And just because you've had a positive experience with a life coach doesn't mean you're ready to become one. I mean, I've had some great uh, builders build parts of my house and that's worked out really fine. It doesn't give me the knowledge to go out and do it with some, to someone else's house. So I think we have to be very careful around people who are coaching or offering advice and it, and it's 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 emerging in many different fields, but offering advice based on their one individual or their own sort of recovery of, and experience. According to our ex-coach, Eva, there's a certain kind of person who is attracted to this work. People who are attracted to online coaching are people who don't necessarily want to work a nine-to-five. And one of the things that I was attracted to was that and having that freedom, having freedom to be able to make your own schedule, freedom to be able to do things how you wanted to do them. So I do think that's a fantastic thing about entrepreneurship is having that kind of freedom. And that's something that they market a lot and play up to people a lot. Um, the second thing is people who are more thinking outside of the box, people who are maybe like neurodivergent as well. You're like, you're, you're thinking differently than others. You're thinking big. Maybe it's more spiritual. Maybe it's more just kind of like different. Do you know what I mean? Where they're not going to go with the status quo or they're not going to go with like exactly what they think they should do. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful attribute in people. And it can also be marketed to in a way as here, come here and do this thing because then you're going to find your, you know, different life of freedom. So those two things stand out in a big way. So what if you're drawn to life coaching of setting and meeting goals? How do you find a legitimate coach rather than someone with no training caught up in a pyramid scheme? Dr. O'Connor says there are some obvious red flags to look out for. 
So I think if they're offering very simple solutions to very complex problems, um, offering to cure sort of all ailments or or sort of a panacea to all ails or trying to specifically target vulnerable populations within the psychological space with no, and they're not a psychologist or a clinician, then I think that's a huge red flag. He says if they can't describe what training they've done or are advertising based solely on their own recovery or experience, that should be a concern. So while lived experience is important, it should be only one part that informs the way you understand your approach as a coach or a life coach. So um, coming from only that perspective is, is quite myopic because it doesn't really take into account the, uh, the, the idiosyncrasies, <laughs> the idiosyncrasies <laughs> of an individual's experience. We all have wildly different experiences. Even our internal dialogues can be wildly different. And coaches need to tap into the other person's perspective the other person's lived experience, to understand the dynamics of what they're going through in order to help inform a pathway to success, change or achievement or well-being, whatever the focus might be, for that person within their context. And that's not the easiest thing to do. And it becomes even harder if you overly rely on your one lived experience or your individualised journey through some sort of recovery or change or development in some way. Also, if they don't have a clear and formal contract outlining what is involved and their fee structure, that's worth questioning. Um, Other things include things like feeling pressured or manipulated and very hard sales tactics. While people need to make a living and sales is a part of everything in many ways, I I think if if you're feeling pressured and manipulated, it's probably not the right power dynamic for the relationship that you need to support your change. But probably most importantly, Dr. Davis McCabe says to consider whether it's a life coach you need at all. I think if you're looking to engage a life coach and you're considering whether it should be a life coach or a psychologist, think about how you're feeling and what problems it is that you want to get help for. And if you are facing mental health issues or a general lack of purpose or meaning, um, you know, feelings of meaningfulness in your day-to-day life, then a psychologist is going to be best placed rather than a life coach to help you move forward. So I think it's really about thinking about what your goals are and what it is that you want to do. And that will tell you whether you need support for mental health or life coaching. Catherine, our Sydney cider who sought the guidance of a life coach in the midst of the pandemic, perhaps surprisingly, didn't give up on coaching entirely. I did want to like maybe mention one thing, um, which was that I actually have a running coach now. So I do still have a coach, but they offer something very specific, which is, you know, running plans and programs. And I found that to just be the most you know, beneficial and exciting relationships to have with a coach because it's something that does give me confidence and I can work towards goals and things like that. But they are very, you know, experienced in what they do. And um, I think because it's grounded in something specific, that kind of life coaching that is natural part of a relationship with a coach kind of comes with it naturally. Mm, sounds like a structured offering. So how long yes. have you been working <laughs> how long have you been working with your running coach? Um just over a year now. 
and I I like really wanted to run a half marathon so that's why I ended, like started with a coach and I did that at the end of last year so you know I've, I achieved a very specific goal that I'd set out to do um, and yeah now I'm part of a really great running group and um, yeah all because of a, a coach that gave me a very structured offering and yeah real value. That is Catherine, a Sydney woman who says she was scammed through a life coaching program. You also heard from Dr. Katrina Davis-McCabe, a counselling psychologist and president of the Australian Psychological Society, as well as Dr. Sean O'Connor, lecturer and director of the Coaching Psychology Unit at the University of Sydney, and Eva Collins, an ex-life coach. This episode was reported by ABC Everyday reporter Kelly Scott and produced by Fiona Pepper. I'm Sana Kadar. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you next time. G'day, I'm tech reporter James Pertul. I've watched AI go from the fringes of science. You hear that? It's like Anya or something. To being everywhere. Completely putting my faith in technology. It's writing essays. That would count as cheating. Driving my brother around. The car just arrived. And wrongly putting people in jail. He's like, so that's not you? And I'm like, no. So how did we get here? And where's next? In the new series of science fiction, I'm finding out. Science Friction, 5pm Sundays on RN or anytime on the ABC Listen app.